Good evening, TV and listeners, and welcome to this weekend interview. I'm your host, Anthony Drago. I hope everybody had a great week, and I want to say a very special thank you for making the time to join us tonight on this week in interview. Those of you who come back every week, you know that I really appreciate the fact that you make the time to fit me with this weekend interview into your schedule. And if tonight is the first time that you listen to this weekend interview, welcome. I hope that after tonight, you too will become a regular listener. We have some listeners in Dominica who are listening to us on RVR Jams, Digiplay Channel 59. A welcome to you. I hope everything is good and calm on the Nature Isle. Tonight, I am continuing that what we've been doing for the entire month of April, which is um, dealing with literary work by Dominican writers, Dominican poets and writers, um, authors, um, those who write such stories and so on. And tonight, a very special treat, I am joined by uh, four writers from Indonesia who are part of the Piton Noir Collective. If you remember some time ago, they put together a, 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 a series, they came together and produced a work called The Flying Crapo. And what, what they are, you know, well, I'll tell you what they want to come back from the break, but you, you don't want to miss because we know that storytelling is a big part of, of, of our Dominican culture. And so it, it's really heartening to see um, the continuation of that, of that um, tradition of storytelling. And it incorporates so much of our, our life as growing up in Dominica. So I'm really excited to get started. Uh, I'm going to take my usual quick break, play the CARICOM anthem, and when we come back, I'm going to introduce you to my guest, and we are going to be talking um, sci-fi, folklore, fantasy, um, you know, just really thrilling um, writing, uh, really thrilling stories. So let's listen to Mikkel do the CARICOM anthem, and we'll be right back. Distant lands, our forefathers came. Some seeking adventure, some bound in chains. Through battles waged and fought, through victory and pain, by test of their courage. Our freedom was gained In homage to those gone before us The heroes of lands in the sun We vowed to join hands and to focus On building one Caribbean Raise your voice and high Sing of your Caribbean pride Queen 
All right, so welcome back, um, listeners. As I told you before the break, tonight we have, we are joined um, by three writers from the Piton Noir Collective. It's a group of Dominican writers. Let me, let me, let me just read to you what they, um, what they are. The Piton Noir, like in Trois Piton, Piton Noir is a collective that aims to nurture and encourage writers with an interest in Dominica and the Caribbean to produce science fiction and fantasy literature. So that is the objective, really. Um, our mission is to create a unique body of work that speaks to Caribbean futurism while simultaneously preserving and building on the island's mythologies and folklore. Peter Noir was formed four years ago and has currently published one anthology featuring 16 writers, the Flying Crapo Collective. So you, 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 we've had, um, we've featured the Flying Crapo before on this weekend interview, uh, but it, 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 we only got a chance, I think, to speak to Delroy and Roy Sanford, I think, the last time. Billy was on as well before. And, um, you know, the, the work, it has cemented itself. People are becoming more familiar with it. So I decided to, to bring them back on. And so tonight with me, I, I have Miss Delia Coffee Week, Mr. Um, Erwin Mitchell, Daryl Williams, and Alice, uh, Alicia LeBrun. LeBrun. Am I saying it right, Alicia? Alicia, did I say your name right? It's Alicia LeBron. Right. Right? LeBron? Okay. Le All right. Okay. Um, just just um, as a preamble, folks, we're having a lot of technical difficulties um, coming into the program. So I'm, I'm keeping my fingers crossed that the technology gods will be good to us and allow us to hear all our guests properly. So I, I, am, I am going to go um, directly to, to Delia, um, Delia Coffee Week. Uh, uh, good evening. Uh, a very special welcome back to this speaking interview. Thank you, Tony. And I want to say a warm good night to all of the people who are listening to this program tonight. I can promise you a night of excitement and fun. And I am almost certain that people who are listening for the first time will certainly come back to listen, to find out what other interesting topics you have to talk about. Yeah, certainly. And I, I, I mean, politics and literary work are my two favorite topics to talk about. I'm not sure the interchange. <laughs> I, I'm either talking politics or I'm talking writing. And we're I'm talking so, about life. A, we're talking about life in general. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to try to go through all four just to make sure that, that everybody, we can hear everybody, uh, and then we'll launch into the conversation. Uwina, what about you? Um, good evening. Welcome to, to this weekly interview. Uh, good evening to you and all your listeners. Um, I'm actually the newest member of Pito Noir. Um, pleasure mm -hmm. to be here, and I trust that this evening we will have a rather exciting um, program. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Alicia, Alicia, I'm going to jump to you next. 
Um, Delroy's family has been on. He's been on this weekend interview so many times. So I'm saving him for last. Um, Alicia, let's make sure that your mics are all good and uh, welcome. Very special welcome to you. Good evening, everyone, our listeners. And my name is Alicia. I am a member of Pitonwa, and I hope that we have a great evening as well, getting to know the writers. That's awesome. Welcome, um, Delroy. Yes, good evening. Yes, we load and clear. Awesome. Right. Good evening, Delroy. Good, right. <laughs> good evening, everybody. Welcome, evening. welcome to the, back. To the host and to my fellow writers and to everyone who's viewing the program tonight. It's awesome to have you guys. And Thanks, so now that I know everybody now that I know everybody's mics are working, I want you listeners to text a friend, call a friend, like I said, share the live. You can catch us live on this on tdnradio.net for those of you maybe driving or, or cannot view us live um you can also catch us on tdntv.net and that way you get to see my my wonderful guest um and also on facebook live on this weekend interviews facebook page and tdn radio's facebook page you can you can catch us live as well all right so let's let's get down to the business of of what we here to talk about. And um, I know we have some recordings, uh, but I, I know that it's better sometimes when you read it live. Um, Dile, do you have something prepared to read? No, you don't? Um, okay. I, I can look for something. No, 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 but we have a recording. We can do that. Okay, Any, anybody, fine. Any one of the guests have something that they want ready to read? They're ready to see you have your book. Have the book. I just um, wanted to start it with a with 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 a, with a live reading. Yes, yeah, I have the book. I I can read um maybe a short excerpt from my story. Go ahead. Um, go ahead. I am your master. Mm -hmm. Eddie had always but, been a quiet man. Living on the outskirts of the village meant he was always met with a curious but he, but hesitant eye. The village children were always one to stay away from him. That stereotype suited Eddie just fine, as he never meddled much and didn't like any disturbance. He spent most of his days going from Tatan to Marigal and other sins, smaller islands just north of Dominica, to sell his produce from his three-acre farm. When he wasn't farming or selling his produce in the French islands, Eddie took his small boat just west of the Cabrits, led down his anchor and his fishing line, and he drank the day away. He never worried much about his catch, because he always came home with dolphin, fish, or tuna. It was always enough to feed him for a week or two. Eddie had kept to himself ever since Mary, his ex-girlfriend, had left him for a policeman in the next village. He had tried his best to get her back, but she preferred to stay with the policeman, even though he was a married man who had his own wife and family in Roseau. I think I'll stop there. <laughs> yeah, I don't know okay. too much of the story. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But but that 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 sets the stage uh, because I grew up in Castlebridge, and when I was growing up in Castlebridge, we did not have electricity, we didn't have current, like they say, we didn't have electricity. We used to we used to read with candle and kerosene lamp. But it was always so so exciting because nighttime would usually end with stories, and 
when there's a full moon, then we would be outside telling stories. And so the 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 idea of of, of storytelling is so interwoven into our culture. And at the time that we were young, it was mostly verbal. You know, there, there was some that was written, but a lot of the stories were verbal and handed down um, by the same way I just described. But now that we've moved into a different era where we have so much gadgets and so much information available and kids from very young know how to find stuff, I really admire, I really admire um, what 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 you are doing, and by you all I mean um, the Piton Noir Collective, where you come together, you cooperate, and and you produce a body of work. So, Owen, you said that you are the newest member of Piton Noir, so I'm going to put you on the spot and ask you why why you chose to to hitch your wagon to to a collective of writers who maybe have more light shining on them at the moment than you, rather than trying to, to go over what the advantage is in there. Your mic's muted, no? Okay, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Okay, well, basically with me, I am an aspiring writer, non-published. I am a poet. I do a lot of short stories. I do a lot of um, quotes as well, motivational quotes. Mm. I aim to sort of perfect or improve on my writing style. So basically what I am seeking is mentoring, advice, um, basically counsel of people with experience that could um, point me in the right direction to sort of improve on my craft. Mentoring, so that is a huge part. That is a huge part of the um, of, of of writing, and and you have um, folks like um, Delia, seasoned in the theater, because I I know uh, before I read your work, I used to watch you perform at the Aracos of Culture, um. So so you're seasoned in theater, um. Tell us about your writing. Why do you write? And what does writing mean to you? In reality, writing for me is my voice. Because although people find it very difficult to accept, but I'm a very shy person. And <laughs> I needed to get certain things out of my system so some of the things that were too toxic for other people to read, I wrote them and destroyed them. But for me, writing gives me solace. And as most people who know me know that I'm very, very interested in cultural preservation and the whole concept of storytelling and the concept of stories not being told just for having a story, but there was always some sort of message interwoven in the telling of the story. So that for me is an important aspect of our culture that we should not lose. So I do write poetry, short plays, skits, and my, my 
most of the stuff that I write anyway has an educational thread in there. So in a little while, when they listen to an excerpt of my story, you will see the intergenerational interaction, bringing the old and the new together, and the whole concept of me learning from you and you learning from me. So Erwin, you're in the right place. Don't think that you have nothing to share. You have a lot to share that I will gobble up. And of course, I will willingly share what I know and what I've experienced. All right. Awesome. So you, you're in the right place. Alicia, you, what type of writing do you do? My story goes all over the place. I started off writing stories as a child. And then I gravitated towards poetry. I write professionally, so I'm a content slash copywriter. And mm -hmm. yeah, so I do stories now and then, but it's mostly poetry and I do writing for a job. So so, so, so that's interesting. You say you do you do like content. So so for example, if we need to give you a plug, let's give you a plug. If somebody has a business and they need to write to some copywriting for their business. That's what that's what you say you also do. Excuse me, can you repeat the question? Sorry. When you say I, I was wondering if you do copywriting, like if somebody has a product to advertise and they need somebody to write some text for them for an advertisement, is that the type of thing that you do as well? I also do freelance um like okay. resumes and other different stuff like um, but okay. it's mostly articles, so I work nine to five doing articles and stuff like that. All right, great. So before we leave there tonight, we'll we'll tell listeners how they can get in contact with all of you guys, and they will know all of what you do, um, so that it, that need um, you can help you can help fulfill that need. Delroy, I'm going to come to you. We, you like I said, you've been on this weekend interview a few times uh but we pick up new listeners all the time uh tell us something about about your writing um when do you write why do you write and and so on i write mainly because i feel that the stories that i have within my head that needs to be read so i write mm -hmm. because of that and most of my stories are um, circular around social issues so gender-based violence, um, child abuse. These are the things I'm very passionate about. So these themes come up, come up about a lot in my in my writing. And I write mainly at nights, um, late at nights, early in the morning. So, so sometimes I go to, to bed around 2, 2 a.m., get up at 5 a.m. To, to do writing. Sometimes during the day at work as well, when I'm bored at work, I just take off my laptop and start to write. And I'm always writing on my phone as well. Or my poetry is on my phone. But my short stories, I, I write on my laptop. All right, so you you, you utilize the technology um, in your writing. Okay, now, Peter Noir Collective has, has put together a, a collection of work called The Flying Crapo. Uh, we have something queued up from, from Delia. So I want to give listeners the opportunity to hear the type of stories that's in Flying Crapo. And then I'm going to encourage you to get your copy because what you what I can give you tonight is just really tidbits, uh, and you really need to 
to get your own copy. So let's listen to the excerpt um, from from Delia Coffee with her contribution to the flying crapo. Hi, I'm Delia Coffee Weeks, and I'm going to read to you from my story, The Reward, which can be found in the Flying Crapo Anthology. Here goes. Jana and Naomi had been sitting in front of the television enjoying a horror movie for less than 10 minutes when the lights went out. Since there was no power, there was little they could do. No TV, no music, no computer, no internet, nothing. They set out to visit Dada Yvette across the yard. Dada Yvette smiled when she heard them running to her home. She had been relaxing on the back step, smoking her pipe and enjoying the moonlight. She knew they would come for stories as soon as the lights had gone out. She greeted them warmly as they ran up to her. Dada Yvette, it don't have light so we cannot do nothing, Naomi said breathlessly. But that is strange, Dada Yvette laughed. All you is robot, eh? All you working on light? They all laughed at the joke. Then the children begged her to tell them a story. She knew that was what they had come for but she wanted them to realize the mistake of choosing TV instead of her stories. At my age, I should be able to smoke my pipe and enjoy the moonlight in peace, Dada Yvette complained. But if you don't tell us stories, we have nothing else to do, Jana Wild. Go and look at the famous TV, Dada Yvette retorted. But it do have light, they chorused. Aha! No light, no TV, no internet, so all you come, Dada Yvette teased. Anyway, I have a good lesson for all you tonight. Jana and Naomi moved over to the wooden bench in the old kitchen and settled down for their night lesson. Dada Yvette arranged her clothes, puffed heartily on her pipe, and began, Messie Quick Quack. It had a poor woman that had plenty children but no husband. She wasn't working and she was guying to take care of them. People offered to take some of them, but she always say, No, my children is all I have and I keep in them with me no matter what. Things keep going from bad to worse. So one day, she decided to make a deal with the devil. If he would give her enough money, she would give him one of her children. She had a retarded child. Jana and Naomi corrected Dada Yvette and told her people, don't say retarded anymore, but instead say disabled. Okay. She had a disabled child, Dada Yvette continued, and she decided is that one she would give him. Now the devil does know when people want to make deal with him, and he does just appear. And now you've heard this, 
You can read the full story in the Flying Crapo Anthology, available on www.theflyingcrapo.com and amazon.com. Right, um, the Flying Crapo Collective, making deals with the devil, selling your child to the devil. And a lot, a lot of our stories when we were growing up has a lot to do with um, the supernatural, supernatural superstition and so on. It's, it's, it's well woven in there. And, and it makes a very interesting storytelling. And I'm convinced that some of it came with our ancestors from Africa. Some of it is a result of the trauma from being kidnapped and enslaved and all that, and all of that got passed down. And so it's very exciting. Um, I hope you guys, uh, just like me, I would like to know what happened next when the devil show up and say, I come for my child that you promised me. So, 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 so it, 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 it's really good. Now, I want to talk, well, actually, we're at the bottom of the hour, so let's take a quick break away from our sponsors. And when you come back, we're going to talk about the genre, that unique genre that the um, Flying Crapo Collective um, um, addresses. If you live in Canada, the U.S., and the U.K., and are looking for Dominica products, including cocoa sticks, bay rum, coffee, soaps, crafts, and other popular Dominica items, then look no further. You can now shop on BuyDominicaOnline.com, a secure, easy-to-navigate website selling a wide variety of Dominica-made and Dominica-inspired products. When you shop on BuyDominicaOnline.com, you are helping to grow Dominica's economy. Go to BuyDominicaOnline.com and enjoy home away from home. People say I've got a great smile. Well, I have to say, this is all thanks to the professional team at Beacon Dental Group right here in Dorchester, Massachusetts. I've got world-class dental care. Beacon Dental Group has expert and caring staff dedicated to providing the most advanced and satisfactory treatment in all aspects of oral health. Their services are designed to meet your needs and give you a perfect smile, too. General checkups, cosmetic surgery, Gemini laser service, and advanced procedures, all in a state-of-the-art facility. Call or visit Beacon Dental Group today, 1026 Blue Hill Avenue, Dorchester, Massachusetts, or call 617-282-2146 for a smile that lights the world. When you feel a sneeze or a cough coming... <coughs> Covering your mouth prevents the spread of germs. You probably knew that. But the way you cover up also matters. And that means breaking a habit you've held near and dear all your life. Cover your nose and mouth with your flexed elbow or a tissue, not your hands. Discard the used tissue immediately. Then wash your hands. Help stop the spread of germs. Remember, your health is your responsibility. A message by the Health Promotion Unit of the Ministry of Health, Wellness and New Health Investment, Dominica. Welcome back, listeners. And as I say every week, I put myself out on the line and I say that if you go to Beacon Dental Health in Boston and you are from Dominica, 
they give you a free dental cleaning. You just tell them that you're from Dominica on your virgin visit there. Um, you, they give you a free dental cleaning. And I took the liberty to say that if you go there for the first time and you tell them that you heard of them on this written interview, they will also give you a free dental, a free um, dental cleaning. And if they don't agree, I guess they can send me the bill. All right, but um, yeah, it's it, it's Dominican owned, a state of the art um, dental facility in Boston, Massachusetts, on Gouville Avenue. Um, I mean, it rivals the best of the best facilities that you will find anywhere in the United States. They do all dental procedures on site. Um, and it, you just need to check them out. It's, it's really professionally run and good service. We thank them for, for sponsoring this speaking interview. So if you join us late, uh, folks, uh, we're talking about Piton Noir, which is a collective of writers, a collection of writers from Dominica who are interested in folklore, in um, sci-fi, in fantasy, and somehow meld that those different um, genres together into a unique um, genre of its own, I would say. I I want to go to, to Alicia. And um, what is the appeal that 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 genre of um, of writing has for you? That that supernatural um, aspect of of storytelling. What what do you find fascinating about that? Hi. Hi. Can you guys mm -hmm. hear me? Yes, we can hear you. Oh, no, we can't. I think mean, I mean, Alicia is having internet issues. I. We can hear you now. Oh, go ahead. No. Alicia, let's come back. Let's let's come back to you. Let's come back to you. And I I I will go to um member of the group of uh, Peter Noir has a specific mission to to really you know develop that aspect of storytelling is that one of the things that attracted you to them and what what about that aspect of Dominican um, storytelling that you that fascinates you okay um with that aspect of the, the supernatural Dominican, I believe it is a strong part of our culture because mm -hmm. even as I was listening to Delia Coffee Week's um, excerpt earlier, it just took me way back to days of listening to our parents telling us those stories about Sukuya and Laja Bless and the older people in the community, you know? And I think that that line of writing, it should not die anywhere with the older generation that the new up and coming generation need to know about it as well so that they can pass it on. But with what Peter Noah is doing, they are telling it in more modern times, in more up to date or different versions of what some of us may have known while we were growing up. And with some of the writing or some of the short stories that I've done so far, many of them are all Dominican based. Um, one of my main stories, which is Tough Lock Jacko, which was published in another anthology of white Kubuli writers. It tells the story of a uh, Jacko parrot, which was on the airport at, Mar at Marigot before, during, and after Maria. 
and his journey from Marigot to town. And I incorporated that aspect of local folk tales into it. And it got great reviews from Peter Noir. Actually, this story is what made me even aware that Peter Noir existed. And when I went and looked up on them and what they're about, I was really attracted to the group. You know, and I reached out and they accepted me open arms and willingly. Awesome. I just tell you that Owen, Owen is the winner of the Peter Noir Sci-Fi Fantasy Award of Monta Montage Dominique. And and we featured Montage Dominic um during the month of April, which is the um anthology that was written um by produced by the White Kuguli writers. Delroy, you 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 say that you 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 like to write about social um issues, you know, real serious social issues. So is this type of writing your your escape? from from that seriousness or, or tell us about how you how you you know keep those two different types of of genres going at the same time your mic muted oh there we go i hear you now yes i'm writing about folklore and writing about fantasies basically second nature like delia was mm -hmm. saying in a story growing up as a as a child my uncle my aunt he's my mother everybody used to tell us about jumbi sukuya lugawu and those things as a means of scariness but the, the intrigue was still building and so as you get you get older you know you you learn more about it you realize it's it's folklore it's fantasy and then as a writer i always wanted to incorporate um those films in, in some of my writing and in fact one of the stories that i'm working on right now has to do with dementia but also has to do with sukuya because as you know, a lot of the, a lot of um, the Sukuya stories have to do with old people, old women. So I'm using dementia and um, cross, cross, crossing it with um, the Sukuya folktale and seeing how I can um, weave a story that will interest um, readers for the next um, crapo, flying crapo. So hopefully that it will find itself within the anthology as well. All right. So the Flying Crapo Collective, <coughs> sorry, um, brought together 16 writers uh, and they produced a tremendous um, body of work called the Flying Crapo. Lily, I'm coming to you so you can give listeners a little more detail about that, that work, the Flying Crapo, and remind them as to how they can get their copy and why everybody, every Dominican, every Caribbean person who should have that copy of um of the flying crapo? I forgot to unmute them. Huh? <laughs> okay, go ahead. Dominicans are Dominicans, no matter where they are, mm -hmm. and there are certain things that bind us together, and also. The threads also go out to our Caribbean brothers and sisters. Now, this amazing collection of works by individual authors, it was very well put together, touches on a number of subjects, and particularly interesting for people who are Dominicans, but they are away from home. They have this yearning for their children and they themselves to find that 
thread of reconnection. And so for them, it is particularly interesting when you consider that the language in the stories is not always standard English. So it brings you back to that time where you hear certain phrases that you haven't heard in a long time. And even for the people at home, considering that some of our children no longer hear of our stories because the stories are not on TikTok and on the iPads and all of that. They have more access to American myths and legends. So we have to find a way of grounding our own people. And because of that, we have to really push to reconnect our children with the things that we grew up with we are not in any way saying to them that we have to go back to the dark ages and forget about all of the things that they have instant access to because of technology but we should not forget that and that is why we're also trying to put a more modern twist on it and for me the next step is having a series that would be on Netflix or one of those streaming movie types of thing that if we can sit and watch the Africans, then why can't we be there? So we have to reclaim what is ours. We have to value it and we have to encourage everybody. So for the people who did not know that the flying crapo existed, for the people who do not know about Piton Noir Collective, then this is your entry into that exciting world. So think of a robo frog. We accepted number five was alive. So put a Dominican twist on it. And one of the things that I must also say to me, because I mentioned that it is not just Dominican, it is more Caribbean and people having an interest. So Piton Noir is not a closed group of Dominicans only. It is open to Caribbean people who are interested in joining that sort of movement where we recapture, we repackage, and we present our craft, our art that sets us apart from other people. And so, Every home should have a collection of Caribbean works. If you can find works from your local authors, then you need to grab them because we need to be able to support each other because some people may not depend on the sales of the books, but it will certainly encourage them to continue writing and creating these works where we can actually preserve our cultural heritage. And, and it is so important that we are able to tell our, our stories ourselves, uh, especially with the, with, with the colonial past that we have, where our stories were deliberately suppressed and muffled and smothered. It is, it is extremely important that we can tell our own stories and not only in history like nonfiction, because we all see how the Greeks and, 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 and all these other Europeans, they embrace 
that aspect of their culture and, and, and they teach it in schools and they make all sorts of art and craft out of it. And, and they see it as part of their culture and their civilization. We have to embrace that ourselves so that we can recapture the pride we have in our, in our, in our identity. Listeners, you can get the Flying Crapo at Amazon.com. It's available on Amazon. And also, there's a website, theflyingcrapo.com. Theflyingcrapo.com. And if you're not from Dominica, you would know that Crapo is our Creole word for frog because our national dish in Dominica is mountain chicken, which is a frog. And although we've tried to protect it, so you may not get a bowl of mountain chicken soup that well, you can actually enjoy part of Dominican culture by reading the flying, the flying crapple. I want to go to another excerpt that we have. Um, as we said, there are 16 writers on the flying crapple collective. So not everybody could do the first night. And so I, uh, we have a, a collective from Miss um, Dorothy Levy. She, she couldn't make it to the interview tonight, but we want to, to just let listeners know that there, yeah, there, there are other writers and, and the quality of work that, that is there um, stretches right across all 16 writers. Hello. My name is Dorothy Levy, and I'm going to read an excerpt from my story, The Teacher, the Dog, and the Girl. And this story can be found in the Flying Crapo Anthology. Carol sat in front of her television after she had eaten supper and must have dozed off for a few hours because she awoke in darkness. At first, she could not identify what had disturbed her sleep. Then she heard it. Sounds of people on the street. People shouting words, most of which she could not understand. As the sounds drew nearer, she heard, Sacre diable, échappé. She turned off the television and moved to the kitchen at the back. She was trembling in fear as the sounds came closer. Then she breathed a sigh of relief when the silence indicated that the crowd had moved on. The silence was not complete though. What was that scratching sound against the back door of the kitchen? She could hear the pounding of her heart. The scratching was followed by a soft cry like someone in pain. The door was made up of two panels, one of which was bolted to the floor. She removed the bar across, and even before she had opened the unbolted panel, the dog rushed in. She screamed in fright and was about to rush to her room and lock the door when the dog placed itself in front of her and hung its head. That was when she noticed the gash on the head. How cruel, she thought. She wondered what Father Vano's dog was doing out at that hour. She dampened a washcloth on which she put some disinfectant and wiped the wound. The dog looked up at her and her heart did a somersault. How was it she had never noticed the eyes before? They reminded her so much of Angela's eyes. 
she led the dog to an area of the kitchen where she put an old bath towel on the floor. She then opened the window for some air and went to bed. It was seven o'clock when she woke up. Wondering if she had dreamt the events of the previous night, she hurried to the kitchen. There was no dog. However, the crocus bag and a few red stains proved that she had not imagined the event. But how could the dog have got out? The open window? Could it have jumped that high? She checked the back door. It was still securely closed and barred. She opened it and looked out. There was no sign of a dog anywhere. She had to hurry to be at school on time. She would call Father Vano later. The few villagers who were on the streets looked tired and they were silent. The children also looked tired, more tired than the usual Friday look. Of course, her two students, Christo and Bonte, were eager to share the news. Miss, they hit the dog with a stick and burst its head. They wanted to hold it and tie it because if it was a lugaru, it would turn back to a person if they pour holy water on it when the sun come out. But it escaped. They chased it, but they don't know where it disappeared. Calm down, Carol, calm down, she told herself. These are just superstitious stories. She got home early, and as she opened her front door, the click of the lock also opened her memory. That morning, when she had opened the door to look for the dog, she had seen the empty clothesline in the backyard. In her haste to get to school and not being too alert after the events of the night before, her mind had failed to process what was before her. Now she wondered what had happened to her beach towel, her white terry cloth bathrobe, and her spandex shorts that had been on the line. She felt overwhelmed by events and wanted a quiet evening. She woke up on the Saturday morning feeling rested. She went to the main shop and saw it was filled with excited villagers eager to discuss the recent events. Carol, you miss everything. They know the dog they was chasing was the Lugawu. He escaped. They don't know how he'd get to the airport. Another young man added his version of the events. He told his audience that Philo had joined in the chase of the dog, but had returned to his corner in the cemetery and had fallen asleep. He explained to Carol that Philo was not right in the head, was homeless, and slept in the cemetery. Apparently, Philo's sleep was disturbed by rapid footsteps. He made the sign of the cross and ducked behind the headstone of the grave. He started to tremble when he saw coming through the cemetery a ghost. It was a ghost, Philo had insisted, because it was dressed in white with a wrap around the head. Philo thought it was coming for him and had told his audience that he almost messed himself, but the ghost went towards the presbytery. And if you would like to hear the rest of the story, you can find it in the Flying Crapo Anthology. 
It's available on www.theflyingcrapo.com or on Amazon.com. Thank you. <laughs> that that wailing song. <laughs> you know, look at that. We we almost at the end of our hour. Um, but this is the. This was a tremendous reading. It, it shows the wide range of, of writing that, that is included in the, in the anthology. And I know we have very young writers, um, all the way up to more, more seasoned writers in the Flying Crapo. And I encourage you to get it. Um, Peter Noir will be participating in the Dominica Writers Festival um, for the first time. Um, Dilla, do you have any? information about the um, Writers' Festival that's upcoming? Well, it's actually going to be a week of activities mm -hmm. where two of our local playwrights will be honored. They are Dr. Alwyn Bully and Steve Hyacinth. There will be different activities on different days. So there'll be workshops on how to write Calypso, how to write stories, how to look at the different aspects of playwriting. There will also be performances or excerpts of plays by the, the authors that, that I mentioned earlier. There will also be an opportunity, hopefully if the books get here in time, for the official launching of the Flying Crapo Anthology. So fingers crossed, we should have some books on island and i know people will want to purchase their books so make sure that you come down everything is happening at the old mill and it is actually a week where people can actually immerse themselves in the art of writing so people who are interested in becoming writers or in just exposing their craft this is a beautiful opportunity a whole week of everything to do with writing. Celia Sorrendo is assisting the cultural division on the ground. So she's like the liaison person between the Nature Island Literary Festival, the cultural division, Piton Noir, and we're working with her to see how smoothly we can get everything to go. When is it? It is actually like the first week in May. So starting from about the 7th and going all the way down to about the 14th or 15th of May. Then I correct mm -hmm. me if I'm wrong. Correct. You are correct, Billy, and it's part of Domfesta, as you said. Um, so it's, a, it's not just a week of celebration, it's a whole month and more of um, cultural celebration. Thank so you, Delroy. It, it is the Dominican Writers Festival. So Delroy, since, since we have you, um we have to give closing stuff so i know you mentioned you have you have some work coming up but tell us uh, what we can expect from you for the remainder of the year and any other thing that you wanted to talk about that i didn't get a chance to ask you well um actually i'm working on my um collection of short stories called hug me i'm hoping to have it published sometime this year i spoke about that last year in um our previous program so it's finally complete so, Puli, I'm just doing a few final touches. 
I'm hoping as well to put a, a collection of, of um, poetry. Besides that, mm. I just want to participate in the literary festival and see how um, big we can we can make it because, um, as you know, Dominica um, usually hosted a nature and literary festival, but it has been dormant for a few years. So it's good to have that kind of a forum again for writers, just specifically for writers, so we can mingle, we can interact, we can share um, with one another, and can put out some good quality work for our um, our Dominicans. Yes, certainly, and and those listeners who did not hear it last year for Father's Day, um, Deroy joined me and gave you a real treat because he has a story that deals, dealt with the dynamics of a father and son that that delicate dynamic um and we really we really enjoy that so there we look forward i look forward to that you said you're completing the work and um you know that you're welcome you're welcome in fact i, I insist that you come back on this weekend interview as you have those books completed um so we can um we can talk about it some more and you can share it to the audience and we and they can they can partake in your work alicia alicia um Tell us what 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 what's cooking? What 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 special brew you have um, coming up for us uh, in in the year? And, and use that as your closing remarks as well to also tell listeners about some of the other services that you said that you provide and how they can contact you if they have a need for some of those services. Okay, well, in the upcoming year, I am also working on an anthology of poetry. I'm also working on a novel as well, but that's in the early stages. And besides mm -hmm. that, I also do this normal poetry on Facebook page. It's called Alicia the Dreamer. Alicia the Dreamer, okay. Where I post poetry sometimes. And in regards to professional writing, I can be contacted by Facebook. My name, Alicia the Dreamer. And uh, I do pretty much everything that anything somebody would need you guys to writing, whether it's just a short commercial, a script, anything. Okay. So the audio wasn't all that best, but I know you said earlier that you you help folks to write resumes. Um, you do some um, copywriting, um, scripts to advertising, and so on. So any type of writing. You can get what what she does on Alice the Dreamer. So I wish you all the best, and I look forward to um to your work, to enjoying your writing. Owen, uh, tell us uh, you you sung so enthusiastic and so open, like like you just wide open, learning as much as you can and and really developing your craft. Um, so I I really wish you all you know. All the best. I look forward to your work. But tell us what what what's happening. What you have um, in store for us. Okay. Well, I am currently finishing up a, a short a short story, which I hope that will make its way onto Peter Noir's second edition of the Flying Crapple. It's called Vanishing Good. Mm -hmm. Don't want to give that away too soon, but yeah, it's <laughs> somewhere up there. Um, as per myself endeavor, I would like or I am planning on starting my own publication of my first version of my 
poetry this year, even though I may not get it completed this year, but I would like to start on it this year. And this will be my very first for the, at least 10 years I've been writing. So this would be my first attempt at publishing any of my work on my own. So I look to get that started this year. That's awesome. I wish you all the best. And for all, all of you folks, just know that um, with TDN, we really support our our writers, our Dominican and by extension Caribbean writers. Um, and so you will always, always, always get a favorable response from me. If you reach out and say, I want to come on, I have something to produce. If it's something that is urgent, even if I have a guest, I will take, I will carve 10 minutes out of the program and um, and let you get your message out. And uh, if there's time we'll organize, I will give you the entire hour to talk about your work and to and to introduce your writing and to really develop what you do. So I, I, I want to encourage you to do that and don't hesitate to contact us um, at anything we can do. Dilla, I, I saved you for last. Um, so as usual, I, you know, I enjoy your writing. I follow some of your writing that you post on Facebook, um, where you were posting stories in, in, in um, a continuation. And, and I really enjoyed that. <laughs> so you as well, I wish you, I wish you all the best in your writing. And you know, I want you to take it home. If there's anything that we did not talk about, you, you can mention it now. Um, you can also just remind folks to get the flying crap work and, and let's, let's close the conversation. So I will begin with the last point first. Every home where there is a Caribbean person should own a copy of the flying crap You can get it at theflyingcrapo.com, www.theflyingcrapo.com, or on amazon.com. I also want to encourage young people who have not found their voice to begin writing. It doesn't have to be structured, but find a way of releasing. You may see that some of the things that you write may not be the best. You may not want to share it, but writing, like anything else, takes practice. The flying crapple was one such beautiful fruit where people come together to produce a masterful work. We will have other publications, and the Piton Noir Collective actually encourages people to think outside of the box repackage what is looked upon as ignorant, repackage it and present it to the world in a format that makes it interesting and intriguing. Let us preserve what is ours. Let us use the medium of writing to tell stories, to teach our people, to share the knowledge that we really want to share. And together, we can achieve anything that we set our minds to. Thanks for the opportunity, Tony. You guys are very, very welcome. I wish Peter Noir full success. I look forward to the um, follow-on series from the Flying Crapo because it's so important. And I opened the discussion by talking about our storytelling. At the time, we didn't have television. We, 
the only competition we had for our verbal stories was a book. We took up a book and read it. But now that we have television, we have movies, we have bombarded stories from everywhere, it is so important, the work that Peter Noir is doing, because it, it carves out that space for the preservation of our stories and our culture, um, so that folks from all the other, from, from future generations can, can get to enjoy that aspect, that storytelling aspect of our lives and our culture. So I thank you very much, and I look forward to I look forward to all the work that everybody is going to produce individually and as a group, and um, all the best with the Writers Festival. Thank you so much for coming on. You're welcome. All right. Thank you, and you're so welcome. Is, you're welcome. This, this has been this week in interview, and my guests were Peter Noir writers and i'd encourage you to get your work um the flying crapple at theflyingcrapple.com is also available on amazon you can get the kindle version but it's such a beautiful book i encourage you to get your own copy in print as well so you can have it available so folks who visit you and visit your home can um can can read this is this is april so that 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 brings to an end sadly our month of literary work but Writing is always welcome on this speaking interview, and and we have we'll have a lot more um, to do because there's so many writers that I would have loved to have that we did not have. So maybe every month we'll probably have one person on. So all the best and stay safe, listeners. Good night. And this is your host Anthony Jago on this week's interview.